This episode of our podcast is brought to you by Doolaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada, and are looking for the best price and coverage for your Tesla, give Doolaban a call at 1-855-385-4226 or visit their website at doolabaninsurance.com slash Tesla. It's time for the podcast again. Uh, I hate saying good morning or good night because you never know when people are listening. So anyways, thanks for joining in. Listen, if you guys are listening to the podcast for the first time, welcome. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, you know, subscribe to the feed, whatever it happened to be and stuff, because we talk about Tesla stuff on here. Try to make this a weekly thing as much as possible, but sometimes life gets in the way. But I have two guys joining me tonight. The usuals, Eric Camacho and Ian Pavelko. How are you doing, guys? Aloha! Bonsoir Aloha. tout le monde. <laughs> Um, we should start off with just letting everybody know this will be the last podcast of this year. We're going to take next week off because it is, you know, the holiday season stuff. We'll be back in early January. And, uh, you know, a bunch of us will be in Florida at the end of January. So I'm really looking forward to that because we got dumped on again. More snow. Lovely. So, yeah, looking forward to some If you're in some Canada, warm weather. isn't that kind of the expectation? That we want to. We have, a, we have a burst right to complain about it. That's part <laughs> of the, uh, that's, the deal here. That's, yes, exactly. That's true. Yeah. We don't, uh, you know, just because we're born, it doesn't mean we have to like it. No. So, all right. Listen, we have a lot of questions that came in tonight. I want to say thank you to everybody who submitted questions. We'll get to them a little bit later in the show, but because we have so many of them, we're probably going to do a power round and just kind of plow through them as fast as we can. There's a little bit of Tesla news we want to cover. So let's jump into it here. Um, the first thing that's on everybody's lips. <laughs> this week or last couple of days anyways is this new power boost upgrade that tesla has offered to everybody for the first time as well not for the first time as an after purchase upgrade but the first time they've actually made it available through the tesla app previously you'd have to buy something like fsd and you have to go through your tesla account of course you can do that on the tesla account but uh, if you've upgraded your app and the latest version is uh, 3.10.2 if i remember correctly uh, you'll see there's an upgrades button down there you can tap on that and it will show you uh, two tabs eligible and purchased and that way as you can see what you can buy so um, literally it's also tied to Apple Pay on iOS devices I don't have an Android so I don't know what payment options they have through that thing but if you see the latest update so you can buy um, FSD and you can buy this new power boost now there's been a ton of confusion on the internet as to who qualifies for this power boost and who doesn't so I think we need to spend a little bit of time there because there have been some questions that were submitted um, that we will kind of skip those because we're going to try and answer them right now because there's a lot of confusion about that. So first things first, Ian and I both have performance Model 3s and we just got a 5% power boost over the last couple of software updates. So for us, there is no power boost that we can buy at this point. The only thing we can buy is FSD, right? Um, I bought FSD. I'm good. There's nothing that shows up in my account. However, there's been a lot of people that have been reporting that cars that have all-wheel drive or the Performance Minus, we have Performance Plus, I don't know, whatever, Performance Minus, whatever those cars were, the ones that they made the batch that didn't have all the features on it, they can get the Performance Boost. And But we are seeing some people that say, Oh, I can get it for my SR Plus. The thing is, is that it's tied down with FSD and it still shows a value of zero. So I, I, I don't know if it's a glitch in Tesla's system or whatever the case may be. But anyways, the bottom line, um, and we have a whole thread of this going on in the forum. I'll put a link in the uh, podcast in the uh, video description. You guys can follow along with it. But the rule seems to be that rear wheel drive, long range rear wheel drive Model 3s don't qualify for this. It, it re You really have to have a dual yeah. motor car. Yeah, yet, of course, yes. So you never know. Um, so it, it really ties into Tesla's 
software as a service thing that's coming out now because now they're charging for um, uh, data packages now for the people that you know that had their one year grace period of, of course um, I'm still under the one year Ian you're still under the one year so and, oh yeah that was another question that came up last week as well as this week if we're in Canada nothing shows up in the account yet I think it's just a matter you haven't gotten around to you guys yet so Anyways, I'm still okay for the data thing for, you know, I remember, uh, I'm, I'm, let me see here, I'm only three months into my car, so I'm not worried about that. So that's the first instance of it. Of course, now we've got the monthly, um, uh, not the monthly thing there, but the uh, for the power boost upgrade, which is a $2,000 option US, by the way. So anyways, what do you think? What do you guys think? I mean, is this a good thing? I mean, I did a poll, well, an informal poll on Twitter, I think it was earlier today. Uh, on how many people people pull the trigger, and it seems to be divided. Half the people are like, it's not really worth the half a second. Um, other people are like, yeah, I, I bought it. So I don't know. Thoughts? Um, be curious to see how it plays out. And I, it was exactly the same thing you were saying, Trev. It seemed lit. There's a lot of people who who bought the dual motor car not necessarily because they wanted that level of performance, but they just wanted you know the dual motor traction for inclement weather and are amply satisfied with the amount of power it has. Because for the average human, it's plenty quick enough. Like I can't really justify needing the amount of. It's really a bragging rights thing, you know. It's still it, it, it's at the limit. It can be frightening at times still for somebody who's driving a car for a year. So true. you don't really have to have it, but I mean. It's fun to say, you know, my car is now in the three-second bracket, which a standard dual motor now will get down to 3.9 with this upgrade. So you're you're getting close to where the performance car was at the outset at 3.5. So, you know, for two Gs, you couldn't buy that amount of performance upgrade in, in an ICE car any way, shape, or form. Maybe there's a couple of turbo cars that would do that, but that's a big jump for a car that's already in the four-second bracket. So I think the value is there. Um, and I just want to add, I you know, to your point about uh, the SR and, and certainly the long-range rear-wheel drive cars, somebody today posted, and I apologize for not being able to point out exactly who, but I've seen a couple of sources say that somewhere in the code in one of the sites, they were able to somehow figure out that there is the possibility that's going to be coming for the long-range rear-wheel drive, and it's an equal upgrade. So I think a lot of this has to do with um, with the rear motor with the, um, the partial permanent magnet switch reluctance motor in back getting the majority of the boost. But that's just me kind of theorizing. Yeah, I ran across that post. I was just going through some of the uh, posts on the forum here. And yeah, somebody did, uh, looks like they did a video on it and uh, showed that there is definitely some stuff in the source code. So anyways, right. anything's a possibility. This is not the first time that Tesla is going to do something like this. The fact they actually put it in the app um, tells us that, uh, you know, there's going to be some other stuff coming in the future. Um, I mean, there's other people that have been talking about Tesla doing, you know, software as a service. I mean, this is kind of a preamble to more things coming like the robo-taxi fleet and stuff, although I think that's still a little ways away. I don't think that's going to happen next year, but that's just my personal opinion. Anyway, Eric, any thoughts on this? Or Well, the, the two things I think about is, one, I'm glad they're making it easier that you can get to the upgrades portion uh, from the app and literally add a feature to your car with one tap with one click if you will uh we we see that with checkout services all the time you simply just go to upgrades you select what you want you press the apple pay button and then you're done for ios devices um the other thing i think about with the uh with the two grand is it just doesn't i mean for me as someone who doesn't have a performance car and really is not uh into performance vehicles uh the way that ian is uh, ian's uh likening to performance cars is my likening to vanilla ice cream um if it's if it's if it's available, I'm happy to give it a try. Um, so, 
So I, I, but I think, you know, when I look at the $2,000, I think, is it worth that for just cutting it by half a second? And that's really the zero to 60 performance. I mean, I think your daily commute, you wouldn't notice that great of a difference unless you're constantly, you know, going from zero to whatever acceleration you want to get to. Uh, is it worth 2000 for someone to shave off a fraction of a second? Maybe. Um, how many people actually buy into this? I don't know. We'll certainly find out, I'm sure, in some report what people have purchased. Bless you, Ian. Um, for those that don't know, he, 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 he's on video. He muted himself, which is such a professional. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm skeptical as to how many folks are going to do this. I know your, your survey, your you know unscientific survey, was uh, uh, certainly indicative that the majority audience is split on this. And I'm probably in that camp of people who kind of go, eh. I mean, if, if $4,000 gets me full self-driving, you think it's, I mean, that, that's kind of worth more value, I think, than $2,000 for half a second of, of extra power. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah, of course, yeah. I know, yeah, I know for me, I probably would not spend the money for that extra half a second. I mean, I am fortunate. I have performance model three. It's yeah. plenty fast. I mean, I would kill myself on the roads today. Well, you you certainly put in more than 2000 for that. Exactly. So yeah. I'm, I'm not too worried about that. I mean, if I had a lower end car, uh, you know, and I didn't maybe spend the money on FSD, I might see a value in it. But uh, anyways, I uh, hope that answers the question for some of the people that answered that a little bit later. Um, but uh, anyways, we're keeping our eyes uh, peeled on this because there's definitely going to be some more stuff coming down the pike. All right. So let's get in. we got some more Tesla news to talk about here. So Connecticut. <laughs> one of those states that says they'll shall not sell Teslas here, along with Texas and Michigan. You know, I mean, there's some problem states out there. Anyways, there's a great article. I'll put a link to it in the uh, podcast in the video description here by our great uh, friends at Tesla Roddy, who basically, and it's a long article. I'll let you guys read it, but they basically explain why Connecticut, they can't sell their cars in Connecticut. Again, dealer lobbies fighting with the government and, you know, putting money into the pile to denying Tesla a license to sell their cars. However, Tesla has found a way around that. Mm. <laughs> um, so it turns out that Tesla can actually do leases in Connecticut because they don't need a dealer license to do that. So they're actually permitted to lease the cars. They just can't talk about purchasing. So kudos on Tesla for finding a way. I mean, that's the thing with Tesla. I mean, if they can, they'll find a way to get around it. Um, hopefully someday cooler heads will prevail in Connecticut and those other states that don't allow the sales and finally get their collective you-know-what together and say, look, this is in the consumer's best interest. The dealer lobbies can deal with it. There's not a single instance of any dealer in the U.S., traditional franchise dealer, that's gone out of business because Tesla is selling the cars direct. It's a different business model. They don't have existing franchises. We've talked about this ad nauseum on the podcast before. It's not an issue. It's just an issue of these dealer lobbies who have a lot of money to throw around, and they just say, well, you know, these guys got to play by the same rules. But the thing is, is you can't play by the same rules when your car is not based on service. So anyways, I've said enough about that. Anyways, any thoughts on this? But I think it's great for Connecticut. At least the people can actually lease a car. All right, loopholes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Smoke them if you got them. Like, I mean, any way you can get the cars out there, it makes it easier. Power to the people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, if uh, if this is a thing to you, I mean, listen, the people in Connecticut have had, traditionally had to go and buy their cars in New York. I mean, it's not that far for most people because the states are small, but it's still an inconvenience. So anyways, um, as usual, if you have an issue with this, take it up with your local representative politely, uh, but firmly ask them to, um, you know, reconsider these laws and stuff. Anyways, like I said, I'll put a link. You guys can read about it, but uh, it's looking uh, a little bit more promising there. All right. In other Tesla news. Um, 
Again, courtesy from our friends at Tesla Roddy. Tesla just opened a 15,000th supercharger stall. Um, so according to supercharge.info, which is a fantastic website for tracking all things supercharger. Yeah, by, oh yeah. by the Yeah. By the way, I, I also link it on the forum. So at the very bottom of the forum homepage, there's a set of um, a section for links. And Supercharge Info is one of those on there. If you click it, it takes you right to the map, and you can zoom in and zoom out. Anyways, it's awesome. So um, it looks like Tesla crossed the mark between December 7th and 14th, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. um, they show currently 15,071 uh, open stalls. Uh, let's see here. The availability, the availability sorry, of Supercharger stalls has spiked by nearly 300% um, from January 2017 until mid-December of this year. So they've been on a real tear. Um, we're seeing the last couple of weeks, we've seen almost a supercharger open in Canada uh, almost every two days. And that's mostly filling in the Trans-Canada. So it's it's getting filled in. Again, may not be finished by the end of the year as they promised, but it's looking really good. I would say probably by early spring, it'll be hopefully finally finished. There's a, uh, there's a Wawa not far from where my office is in Deerfield Beach that's going to be yeah. having a supercharger there too. Mind you, Tesla's their intent is to open a supercharging station somewhere in the world every 12 to 18 hours. So and and the and the right your your mind goes it's crazy yeah. right wait what but mind you the number of stalls at each of these stations can vary you might find some that have six some that have thirty two like they're totally different yeah um but to see this high of a number in that short time frame you mentioned from twenty seventeen to you know roughly the last several weeks. Well, mind you, the Model 3 has a lot to do with that. They knew they had to ramp up production and get these stations opened if they're going to actually mass produce this car and get it delivered around the world. If you're going to have that many drivers, you have to give them places to charge it. So it totally makes sense that those are correlative uh, numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wonder how many are V3 now. <laughs> Not as many as we'd like, but they're yeah. getting there. I mean, I know Florida is going to be getting a V3. Uh, I know that there's uh, other states getting them too. Uh, California, I know, I know two of them in Ontario have opened in the northern part. I think yeah. it's Sudbury, and I forget the other one is. Um, they both opened. Those are definitely V3. And the one in Regina, Saskatchewan, is definitely V3. So I think most of those in the prairies that they're putting in are certainly going to be V3. Um, Ian and I actually had this discussion a couple of days ago when uh, he was in town and had to go back home, that, uh, I mean, there is a supercharger stop that we generally stop at between where I live and where Ian is out in the Montreal area called Kingston. And it's one of the very first two superchargers that opened Canada. The other one's in Cornwall. Hmm. And those are only six stalls. And it's such a busy corridor that it's not uncommon to show up there, and sometimes they're actually full. And yeah. I mean, I've showed up there a couple times when I had to wait. I mean, the wait's only been about five minutes, not that big of a deal. But that is one location that needs an upgrade for sure. Either they go across the street to the movie theater or they expand that, that thing. It's in a little shopping mall and stuff. That's a location that really needs somewhere 16 to 20. Like uh, right they, the Taco Bell would be my vote. Uh, well, <laughs> Taco Hell. Um, <laughs> They did open uh, Belleville first. Yeah, they did open Belleville, which is 20 stalls, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. about 75 kilometers before Kingston. Yeah. And they're supposed to open another one, which is in Brockville, which is on the other side. Yeah. And uh, that one's been on the books forever, and, and it's still in the permit stage. I don't know what the heck's going on. That one would really help alleviate the Kingston situation. Because in most cases, you can make it into... To Belleville, depending on how you drive, and I know Ian, you want to say something about this here in a second because uh -huh. you have a story. <laughs> well, I definitely do. Um, right, and with 
and I've said this before with my Model X, uh, you know, it was not efficient. So a lot of times I had to make a stop in Belleville and then make another stop in Kingston in order to make the large leap over to Cornwall, which is a pain in the butt, by the way, because it's literally 10 kilometers in town. So it's oh, yeah, that one's it's, way to hell off. I, I, I hate Cornwall with a passion. Anyways, Ian, we, we had a funny be, story this week. <laughs> for listeners, we love Cornwall, the town. Just the supercharger location sucks. That's true. That's true. Yes, there's a, lot, a, Saint a, lot, of, there a lot of our American friends are like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. We, ha- we have our things. I mean, there's a great chicken place right beside it there, too. All right, Ian, tell us your story because this is good. Yeah, so I mean, you know, as anyone who follows me on Twitter, I, I like to push the limits of what the car can do in a lot of respects. And one of the oh. things is how far can you go? on a charge and uh last year when i went down to florida i got to test that on a number of occasions and i mean i absolutely love the consumption graph in this car it's so incredibly precise you can literally dial it right down to i'm gonna arrive with one or two percent and damned if it's not exactly bang on the number when you get there so i'm not talking about you know just what it plots originally i'm talking the actual graph that reads down as you're traveling the green and that, line yeah those those the perfect line that it predicts and then the on line the trip. You're actually getting, yeah on the trip meter. on the trip Exactly. The trip meter consumption graph is the bottom line is what you're really doing. And that one is is super accurate. So anyway, I was on my way to Toronto to visit some clients. And um, this was on Tuesday and a huge squall blew through. There was pandemonium all over the roads, trucks going off left, right and center, accidents everywhere. I wound up being super late. And with the cold and the conditions, everything, I was pushing the car hard. And it kept telling me, you better stop in Kingston or you better slow down or you better do, you better do something, buddy, but you're not going to make it hard-headed as I am, I pushed on through. And this was the first time ever that I hit 0% before I even made it to the exit off the highway. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this is like, hmm. And I mean, there's videos out there. And and thank you, everyone who responded on Twitter and said, hey, there's a, there's a couple of uh, The Edge uh, or Their Edge, I'm sorry, is I think the Twitter handle, chimed in and said, look, there's all these different videos of people who've gone many, many miles. I think, you know, uh, he said there's a, there's one from Teslanomics that was at least 10 miles or something past zero, which is amazing to me. But that's maybe under ideal conditions, you know, when the weather's, I, you know, but I mean, I was using a huge amount of energy. I was pushing like 400 watt, um, watt hours per, per mile. Yeah, per, uh, no, per mile. Yeah, it was about 260, 265 per kilometer. So that works about to 400 <laughs> per mile. So yeah, I, I had no faith that I was going to necessarily make it the extra three and a half, four kilometers to actually get to the stall. But praise Buddha, I did. So I don't know how much further it would have gone, but yeah. yeah I, 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 would, I, would, I would imagine you're driving and Christopher Cross is singing on the radio. <laughs> it's all right. I think I'm going to make it. I just, oh my God. for some reason, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. You're like, you know what? You're right, Chris Cross. We're going to make it. You and I are going to make it together. <laughs> Yeah. I would caution people, do not expect that there's a buffer. When it says zero, you better damn well be ready at a supercharger. It's zero. But I'm never going down that low. I've been down to three before. I was going to say, but... Ian's the kind of person that wants to challenge and challenge and challenge. Because he's, he. you know, you know that internet meme of challenge accepted? If you don't, if you look very carefully, that is a lifelike drawing of Ian. Possibly. So there you go. All right. <laughs> Moving on, we have some Cybertruck news. We're not going to really get into a lot of Cybertruck stuff, but Elon did answer someone on Twitter today. There was a whole thread going on uh, by someone named Alex uh, Sibilla on Twitter, and uh, he had given us, uh, given everybody a huge list of features uh, they'd like to see on the Teslas, and Elon did uh, uh, chime in and said there's some good ideas in there, and I agree. But right underneath that, someone named uh, Lex Acevedo asked, can the Cybertruck pump the AC into the truck bed? 
when the tonneau cover is closed, that's the roll, the bread box thing, um, for sleeping and camping, is there access from the second row? Also, does it have the biodefense filter system? Elon responded. He said, yes, probably and partially. Hmm. So those are the only updates and extra information that we have on the Cybertruck. So um, fear not, folks. There's definitely going to be some extra features that they haven't talked about that they may implement during the final engineering process between now and production starts. So... um, if we can, we will certainly ping Elon and try to get some more information. All right. Next bit of information. I want to give a shout out to our good friend Sandy Monroe. Or not Sandy Monroe. <laughs> well, Sandy Monroe and uh, Sean Mitchell from All Things EV YouTube channel. Uh, he gets around. He uh, seems to have a very good relationship with Sandy at uh, Monroe Associates in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Sandy is the guy who does uh, tear parts for different cars and sells the information to uh, competitors. Anyways, so he had a sat down, and I highly recommend you actually watch the video. I'll put a link to it, um, where he sat down for about 45 minutes and talked to Sandy about his thoughts on the Cybertruck and stuff. Very informative video. Um, yeah, so kudos to Sean for sitting down and getting that done. I would have loved to have been there because I would have peppered him with a lot more technical stuff, but that's just me. But anyways, good for you, Sean. <clears throat> All right, some more information uh, from Elon, this time talking about the... Um, MCU one retrofit. Um, let me, if I, if I could bring up the uh, page here, I will show you guys what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't have my screens ready here. And again, if you're an audio listener, you have to check out the YouTube video for the links and see what he's talking about. Yes, yes, yes. I love how we're, I love how the majority of our people are listeners and you like showing. Okay. All right. I have it up here on the screen for those tracks, you know, (laughs) um, Including myself, when I had the Model X, there was a lot of talk about the possibility of giving it MCU-1 retrofit. Now, when we talk about MCU, because there's still a lot of confusion on the internet as to, what are you talking about MCU? I thought you were talking about Hardware 3. No, Marvel two different Cinematic things. Universe? Right. Hardware 3 is the dedicated autopilot computer. It has nothing to do that drives the screen on your computer. The MCU is what Tesla calls the main control unit. Some people call it a media control unit. But it is the system that runs the navigation system, the HVAC, the radio, all that stuff. Anyways, so Model 3 has a new MCU in it, and it's run by an um, Intel Atom chip. Very nice and fast and responsive. They have upgraded Model S and X as of, I think it was about March or May of this year. I forget exactly when it was. Or sorry, last year. March or May of last year to that same chipset. So those are nice and fast responsive. It's the older cars um, that could benefit from this upgrade because, you know, we don't get things like YouTube. When I say we, I'm just talking about people who still have those cars. Don't get YouTube. Don't get the latest games. Don't get Century Mode. Don't get all these other things. So myself and other people have been pestering Tesla for like the longest time. Are you going to offer a retrofit for this thing? And Elon did say one time, yes, we will. Well, lo and behold, Elon got back on Twitter again and explained to some people that... Let me just bring up the um, the cost here. He says, um, he answered to someone named Olivier. Uh, he says, yes, the costs are a few thousand dollars and it's more complex than a board swap. Bunch of connectors and antennas need to change. We can improve the speed a little bit with some software optimization, which might be enough for some people. And our friend uh, Eric at the Tesla Inventory YouTube channel said, the issue I have is my MCU-1 Autopilot 2 car doesn't have YouTube or some of the other games. Again, as I mentioned, no dash cam, sentry mode, any updates on that. Also, I paid for um, FSD computer 
That was three years ago. I've been told by service FSD isn't possible on my car yet. Elon said, this is quite a thorny hardware problem. There are many different versions of MCU and autopilot computer and supporting hardware. Cars last much longer than phones. Hopefully, we'll be able to upgrade MCU 1 and AP2 in a few months. So there's the latest update as to the possibility of upgrading those cars. Again, it's one of those situations. If you're interested in doing that, call a Tesla service center. Let them know. Hopefully, they'll put you on a list in some form or make note of it. But um, anyways, as soon as we find out definitively that this uh, is going to happen, I have some contacts in Tesla service. If something like that pops up, I will let you know. Follow me on Twitter, and I'll put it on Twitter. Um, thoughts? I mean, you guys don't have a Model S or S. It doesn't really affect you, but... No, Can it's I good. Just... Go ahead, Derek. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm just saying I think it's just good news that they're going to be able to figure it out. I th although the Elon, I believe, and if I'm mistaken, certainly tell me, but I believe that even Elon was suggesting that maybe it's not worth it for some people to do that, but at least it's going to be an option for those that do want to jump in. Yeah. I, I, you know, he did say a couple thousand bucks, but I'm, I'm of the mind. It's probably more than that. By the yeah. time you factor in labor and stuff, it's probably closer to three grand to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. My understanding, and I have talked to a tech about this is that it's not, it's not just the center computer. It's actually the instrument cluster on those cars have to change mm -hmm. too because it, they're, they're, even though they're the same chipset, they're a different type of chipset. Um, the older cars have an, a Tegra 2, NVIDIA Tegra 2 chip that runs the instrument cluster. And the MCU, the main computer screen, media control unit, runs a Tegra 3. So even though they're essentially the same chipset, they're two different chips and they communicate with one another. So both, my understanding, is, as far as I've been told, that both have to be changed. It's not just good enough to change one computer. But we'll see. If anything changes, we'll let you know. All right. Uh, one last point, uh, Trev. Please do. Yep. Isn't the MCU one the one that has a memory failure issue that's starting to pop up in some early cars? Yes, we've talked about that before. Um, I'm just thinking that like kill two birds with one stone because if if you're close to the limit on on that thing time expiring and it looks like a lot of them are going to start to wear out, maybe that's part of the justification for why you would want that. That could be. Now, just to reiterate for some of you who don't know, <clears throat> there is some memory chips in the Teslas um, on those earlier cars that have a finite write limit to it, if, if you will, and Tesla has been really cranking up the logging on the cars and for some reason there's there's a whole bunch of logging that's going in i mean there's there's guys that are experts in this kind of thing I'm, i don't pretend to be an expert that's tearing these cars apart but the guys who are the hackers who have rooted the cars have noticed that these cars are logging way way too much data and doing it inefficiently and what it's doing is it's prematurely killing these chips Mm -hmm. So some people are starting to get the failures and there's no chip retrofit for it. You have to change the whole motherboard. So you have to change it anyways. My understanding is that when they change to the new chips, Eric, <laughs> that's why Eric disappeared. He went and got his glasses. All right. Um, so when they switched to the different chipset in the Model 3 and, of course, what they did in the, S, the current S and X, I don't believe they suffer from the same problem. I could be wrong, but you make a good point and it's... It's worth pointing out, of course, that if you have some of those older cars, that's probably one of the justifications. So, anyways, we'll leave it at that. Um, next piece of news here is that uh, there was a lot of talk this past, well, probably last couple of weeks, about the federal tax credit in the U.S. getting extended. Um, so that, um, I mean, as you know, right now, for Tesla anyways, that the federal tax credit ends at the end of this month. And there's no more. The phase-out is physically complete for those guys. So there was some talk about extending the federal tax credit um, and limiting the tax credit. I think it was 7000 bucks. Eric, you've been following this. They, they were tr talking about increasing it from 200,000 units to 600,000 units. Right. 
Um, and the federal tax credit was possibly going to be dropped from $7,500 to $7,000. But anyways, the whole point is that it uh, looks like at the last minute the whole thing was nerfed. So it's not happening. Um, there are some tax credits that are still possible for some other Green Act things, solar panels, that type of thing. But as far as cars are concerned, it's not happening. There's no extension and stuff. Now, other manufacturers who haven't hit that 200000 limit, hey, Bob's your uncle. You can still get those federal tax credits. But as far as Tesla's concerned, it's gone. I think GM is the other one that's affected. By Correct. This. Nissan's not far behind, as is Toyota. Um, well, the intriguing thing, so there's there's two things about this. I'll be very quick and very brief about it. The first is... Thanks, Congress. Um, number <laughs> number two, and I mean that's sar- all of sarcasm, every which yeah. way. Uh, and number two is if you are in a state that does have state incentives, you could still get those applied. California being one of them, Colorado another, many others. Um, so you could certainly get state incentives on top of that. Um, I certainly agree with Elon that long term this won't hurt EV adoption, especially when it comes to Teslas, because in terms of the intrinsic value that you get with buying an electric vehicle. But here's an, here's an amazing statistic. In Of all the vehicles sold in the last year, can you guess the percentage that were electric? Not much. Two. Yeah, I was going to say two percent. Two, two. I mean, when you think about the number of Model 3s, you know, and all the different electric cars have been sold, two, that only counts for 2% of all vehicle sales in the last year. That number is insane. So, um, so I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't understand why they're not extending the program and offering some incentives. I mean, this has been bantered about for some months now. Uh, but given, and, I, and I'm going to be pseudo political, uh, given the state of this Congress, it's not surprising they couldn't get anything done. So I'll leave it at Understood. that. And I've said it before, it's too early to kill incentives. There are other ways of incentivizing. I mean, ideally in a perfect world what you would do is you would cut back or eliminate subsidies on oil watch the rise gas prices go through the roof that's enough incentive <laughs> to get people to to switch but anyways that's an ideal world that's definitely not possible well, it's also why like the foods that are healthier for you uh that are not wheat based corn based etc cetera, etc cetera, why they're more expensive because that, there's no subsidies that make that stuff cheaper yeah, I know, I know, and I understand that, and that's certainly one thing, but literally the whole economy runs on oil, so you can't just switch overnight. It's just not possible. You can't switch the fleet. You can't switch your renewables overnight. This has to be a gradual thing. Anyways, that's beside the point, but the fact is is that you still need to incentivize people because otherwise, I mean, look, at it's going to sit at 2%. I mean, yes, it has been growing, but it needs to be bigger than 2%. It needs to be 50% or whatever the case may be. There are some countries, Norway, <laughs> that um, do great things with incentives, um, and the, and, and they're a great oil producer. Um, well, they just have, they, they just have they can do the incentives because the money comes from them selling off the oil. Exactly. So, yeah. but anyways, there, but there's some political will and might over there that makes it happen. Um, but unfortunately in North America, and I'm talking about both countries that we, that we, um, that we talk about on a regular basis here. Nah, it's just not happening. So, all right, moving on. We got to move on here. Speaking of time. Sorry. Sorry. Speaking of um, federal tax credit stuff, um, one of our moderators on the forum, Melinda, um, had some information to give us because she was having some difficulty with getting her federal tax credit for 2018 for her 2018 uh, tax year when she bought her car because the IRS came back and says, we don't have the two statement certificates from Tesla that cover these cars that you're you're asking about so anyways uh, she went back and forth and she finally got hold of the forums and uh, she has posted them on the forum so if you're in a situation where the IRS is giving you a hard time with you uh, claiming your federal tax credit in the US and they're 
talking about this needing the certificate, why they wouldn't have the certificate. Maybe it's just an officer that's having problems. I mean, the IRS should have these things. Anyways, I'll put a link in the video in the podcast description. You can go and get those forms. Hopefully, it'll help you out with your uh, tax situation. So make sure you talk to your accountant about that. Anyways, just an FYI for uh, for those of you who are affected by that. Fine Lab has aligned protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. Fine Lab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla, we were meant for each other. Lightning round time. We have to get into uh, questions. Um, today has been a banner day for questions. We got so many, we can't cover all of them, but we figured we're going to try our, 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 our hand here at doing a lightning round and going to plow through them as quickly as we can. And um, yeah, so having said that, let's just dive right in. First question comes from our friend James. He says, do autopilot cameras have any special polarizing filters to deal with sun glare, either direct or shine from a wet road? Now, the answer is, I'm not sure about that. But if you do look at the sentry, no, no, I'm, what I'm getting at here is that if you look at the sentry mode of the dash cam footage out of your car, mm -hmm. you'll notice that the colors are off. Mm -hmm. And I think what Tesla is doing is that they're tuning those cameras for autopilot usage. So they're doing they're doing some colorization filters and stuff like that, so we can actually see the lines on the road, see the things that it needs to see, rather than being, you know, usual dash cam that sees true color or vivid color. Um, now, as far as polarizing, that might be part of it. I don't know. So that's definitely what's what's going on in there. Um, so, anyways, for those of you who want crystal clear dash cams, well, you kind of have to look at third party, but it's it's good enough for the times when you need it. Um, I thought when I switched to my Model Three that I would put a dash cam in my car. And so far I have not. I've actually been okay with the dash cam that's in my car. Now on the Model X, because I had an MCU one computer that couldn't write files without corrupting, well, that was a different issue altogether. <laughs> Hence my want of a MCU upgrade. But uh, anyway, so I don't have that car anymore, so it's really not an issue. Just um, the reason I put a dash yeah. cam in my Yes, go ahead. There. I don't know if you guys have got this since you've had 40.2.1. I've a couple of days, I've had uh, sun glare warnings, like telling me that uh, autopilot or lane change might not be available because there's sun glare detected on one of the side cameras. Have, have either of you seen that? Nope, I um, I have not seen that. I have seen, you know, when the cameras get dirty. Um, yeah. I think that's a relatively new thing that Tesla's added in the cars because they're just... I think that's a 40.2 thing. I, I never saw it before. So exactly. just saying that's, you know, it sort of speaks to the question. Obviously, glare is a factor, and right now they're I trying to deal with it. I wonder if you're getting it, Ian, because it's reflection of the light off the snow. Or the top of my head. <laughs> All things are possible. Well, it kind of goes back to what we talked last week, because remember somebody right, asked yeah. us about, I mean, we discussed about FSD in the snow, and how if we lose the cameras, you don't get FSD, you don't even get TAC for crying out loud. Yeah. So anyways, and that ties into a question that somebody else brings us here. Anyways, next question comes from Tim. He says, are there any updates on Gigafactory 1? It was supposed to be the world's largest building, but it seems they've stopped expanding it. Um, yes, uh, 2020 is the year that Tesla says it's supposed to be fully complete. I think what happened, and I don't have any inside information here, but I think Tesla has built it out to where their needs are at the time. But we have Model Y coming. We have Cybertruck coming. We have Semi coming. All of these cars are going to be using this new 2170 cell. Um I'm going to put money on this that sometime this coming year, 2020, early part, first half, you're going to see some dirt being moved over in that desert. So, so 
that's my answer to that. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. Oh, this is this one comes from Frank. He says two questions: Will the wheel specs uh, be the same for the Model Y as the Model Three? Um, as in, uh, would I be able to keep my set of wheels and transfer them to the Y? Ian. Okay. Well, um, mostly is the answer. It's going to have the same uh, PCD pitch circle diameter or bolt pattern as most people commonly know it. I'm almost certain it's going to have the same hub spec. Uh, why would they change that? Wouldn't make any sense. The only unknown is, well, there's two things. One would be the offset because even just between a standard Model 3 and a performance Model 3, there's a very slight difference in offset because the Model Y is a physically larger vehicle. If they just bump the fenders out slightly using the same chassis, it's possible they're going to use a lower offset to move those wheels a little further out. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Last thing to think about is the load rating, and this gets hugely neglected. In aftermarket wheels, most wheels with the bolt pattern for Model 3 support 690 kilos per corner. That's way more than enough for Model 3. It only needs 630. But we know Model Y is going to be a heavier vehicle to start mm -hmm. with trailer towing capacity, all this other stuff. Is 690 going to be enough? I don't know. We have to wait and see what the axle ratings are on the vehicle. So keep all that in mind. But in theory, yeah, I'd say there's a good chance you might be able to use them. Uh, note that the tire sizes are different, though. They have much taller tires on the Y. So uh, you'll be able to keep your wheels, maybe, but the tires, definitely not. No. Okay. He also has a second question. Is there any way to adjust the two white lines on the backup camera? They're not properly centered and comes up annoying every time I back up. No, there's no user serviceable part as far as that concerned. If you're having a problem with calibration, make an appointment with Tesla Service. They might be able to calibrate that camera for you. I know there's a autopilot forward-facing camera calibration that they do if they ever change the windshield. I've seen them... The, they have a stand with a calibration chart and stuff that they that they use. So, anyways, that's a problem. Jump in. All right. Uh, next question comes from Kaylee. Can can we ask Elon about a plow attachment for the Cybertruck? And the answer yeah. is yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Ask, we're being facetious. Ask. <laughs> sorry. So we're going to ask. You can get it. You can ask whatever you want. If you get an answer, uh, <laughs> be prepared to have your phone blow up and die within seven minutes. Um, and yeah, he, he, he's pretty responsive. I, so far have had no luck getting responses, but I'm also generally leaving the man alone because he's kind of busy. Um, but yeah, if it's four o'clock in the morning, he's having a tweet storm. Hey, you never know. You might start. Yeah, you never know. Never he know. did say recently, he did respond to somebody that, uh, they were going to have some quote sick attachments for the Cybertruck. So. All right, which leads us into the next question from Dion. Do you think all? Uh, do you think that Tesla with the Cybertruck with the trailer that the trailer might have a motor on it and batteries? Because once you start hauling range, will probably drop more than half. The answer is yes. You can expect your range to drop significantly if you're towing anything. As far as putting a motor in there, no, not going to happen. Um, next question comes from Stefano. Has anybody thought of ever talked about a custom trailer with a power wall for backup, extra tank, in quotes, um, with the possibility of charging by braking or some sort of resistance dynamo in the trailer? Sorry for my main English. I'm from Italy. Well, I, okay. I tend to think that the because of the – if you're thinking about a power pack, those things don't – they weigh a lot. So the amount of energy you're losing trying to tow it to then hope that you then be able to use it as a it, – it, it, I Ooh, think the loss, I think the loss is too great. I think the loss is too great if you're towing that much weight behind you. In any kind of hilly region, I'm with you. Yeah, it wouldn't pay off. And, and also the aerodynamics. You got a big boxy battery pack in the back of your car. I mean, you think, have have Trevor tell you the story of how it was when he actually put two bikes in the back of his Model X and how much range he lost from bicycles. Okay? Yeah, yeah we've talked about that. Now, now put a power pack in the back of your car. <laughs> yeah, that goes. So I don't think Tesla's going to do it, but if you want some interesting information, Google AC Propulsion's um, T 
what was it? What was their yellow car called? The T zero one. Just T zero. T zero. Because that little car, they actually did that. There's a little trailer. If you Google it, they built a little trailer with extra batteries in it. So, anyways, fun fact for you. JB too had this cool. Do you ever see his Project Nine Two Four Porsche that he did that had the little trailer with the generator that would charge the batteries? Yeah. So it's been done before, but Tesla's not doing that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, do, 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 do. Bob. Bob asks, do you think you could ever use your platform? What, our platform? Twitter, I guess. To promote with Tesla using Tesla cams and sentry mode to help with Amber Alerts and kidnappings. Car cameras could be tied with an Amber Alert. You know what? That's a really good question. It has been brought up before on Twitter and stuff. Um, I think I think it's possible to do something like that. But again, it's a matter of priorities with Tesla and who knows where it sits on the whiteboard, even if it exists or not. But uh, again, it goes back to what we said earlier. If it's important to you, um, tag Elon. Um, that it, it sounds like in a way, it's like the network of the ring cameras, the doorbells and all that sort of stuff all sort of being tied together that police uh, can use those video feeds to track criminals and what have you. Uh, could they then use the same sort of technology uh, from the video captured from our vehicles? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, anything's possible. That, All right. That, that might be more of a possibility when Robotaxi comes online. Yeah, who knows? Then, then it is now. Okay. Uh, next question comes from Paul. He says, hi, chaps. Thanks for all your hard work on the podcast. Oh, thank welcome. You. You're welcome. Um, I'm hoping your audience might be able to answer this one. He says, uh, if you could buy an existing, if if you buy an existing inventory, Tesla, do you get a referral code um, URL to share with others? The answer is yes. Yes. He says, I bought my Model S in July 2018. I don't have a referral code in my, either my app or my Tesla account. No matter what method I try to contact this about, it just feels like shouting into the void. Well, I certainly feel for you, Paul. Sometimes shouting out to into the void with Tesla is all we get sometimes, too. Um, again, it's one of those things you should um, send an email to. Well, you don't mention where you're from. You say chaps. Maybe you're in England. Anyways, in um, at least in North America, I think the... Email address is, oh, let me look it up here. I also wondered, did he buy this from a private seller or did he buy it from Tesla? Because if you buy it from Tesla, referral code, no question asked. If you buy it from a private seller, that might be part of the problem. Yeah, that's part of that. That could be the thing. There is a process if you haven't done it yet. Um, use your Tesla. Well, I'm assuming you have access to your, gosh, log into your Tesla account. If your car's there, there's a thing that says where you can transfer your um, transfer the car over. If that hasn't been done yet, that's part of the problem. Who knows? He doesn't mention whether you can access the car through the app and stuff. But anyways, again, send an email to Tesla, call them, try and get it escalated somehow. Support um, at Tesla.com. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, next question comes from Fred. He says, TAC, question is from TAC. He says, when it's engaged, it always defaults to the maximum speed allowed. I'd rather have it select my current speed. Uh, do you have any information on any plans to change the TAC behavior, probably along with a resume function? Uh, he says, yes, I know you can use the scroll to adjust the speed, but that can be cumbersome. Um, it defaults to the maximum allowed speed. There is a setting in autopilot where you can set the... If it's, if it's relative or absolute. If it's yeah, relative, relative. Yeah, I have mine set to 5 or 10 kilometers over, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I do 5 miles over. Yeah. Um, double check those settings. If you have to, I mean, set it back to zero and then reset it again and see if that helps. Um, do know that at least on the Model 3, when you see the speedometer, um, not the speedometer, but um, the, the current speed limit sign that you have in your screen and you're set a little higher or whatever, you're just tapping on that will actually reduce your, your cruise something, control speed something up to that limit. 
I'm sorry. Something to note here, and I and I know this from experience. If let's say the speed limit is 65 posted, and let's say my car wants to do 70, if traffic's going 40 and I try to engage tack, I'm not hitting 70. I'm going with what traffic is. So if your if your vehicle is traveling slower than the posted limit, and your if you were to and it shows you on your screen what tack would then take you to if you were to engage it, you're going to be traveling at the relative speed to what traffic is. I think the scenario he's referring to here is when it's open road, open road. And like, in which case I, I get that, but that's, that's where you play with your settings for a little bit. I mean, if you want to go 40 kilometers an hour, but the speed limit is 60. Um, yeah. I mean, I can see where that's sort of cumbersome, but I mean, in the majority of use cases, you're going to be going the appropriate speed based on traffic. Yeah. And another thing to note is that only applies when you're below what TAC wants to take you to. So let's Correct. say, you know, you're, true. you're driving at a 65 mile an hour zone and it's set to, to take you to 70. If you're going 65, it'll it'll then take you on up to 70. However, if you're going 74, any speed above what its 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 floor is, you yeah. it will dial it exactly. It, it just keeps you where you are. So yeah. above what it's what it's recommending, it'll give you exactly what's on what's on the speedometer, but it's only when it's below that it'll try to take you up. Okay. Well, I hope that helps. Next question comes from Carlo. He says, um, how is full self-driving and the robotax going to work if the weather really gets bad? Also, buy Tesla stock. <laughs> Thanks okay. for the show. Uh, you're welcome, Carlo. Thanks for watching and listening. Um, yeah, well, we talked about that on the last episode um, where we talked about losing the cameras and how is that going to work with FSD? Nobody's going to go around and lick all the cameras for you and stuff when you're you know, operating your fleet. These are things that have to be worked out. So we don't have the answer to that yet, Carlo. But uh, we had a great discussion about it on the last podcast. Mm -hmm. so I encourage you to go and listen to that if you haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. All right. Next question comes from Tony. He says, I leased a standard range, a Model 3, not a plus. Um, in 2019, in June of this year, replacing my great but technology-lacking forward focus electric. I leased the car because I didn't know if I would enjoy the car as much um, as my FFE. Enjoy is an understatement. I love this car. Unfortunately. I did not get autopilot or FSD, trying to save money on a card that I was unsure how it would work out. Of course, now I want to get AP and FSD, but I have a question. If I purchase AP... No, question. I know, this is a really long question. So, it, so the bottom line here is if I, if I purchase AP or FSD now, will it follow me after the lease or did I lose that feature at the end of the lease? If I lose it, I will wait um, and that will be unfortunate. So the answer is it will not follow you. Correct. Really? It does not follow, when you, does not when follow you the person. Those, when you buy those, you're it's buying for feature. the car. It's not for the person. So that's it's always, it's a big, big oh, deal. Oh, right. Sorry, I missed it. Yeah, because I'm thinking yeah. he wants to buy the car out at the end of the, at the lease. If you, if you keep the car, then yes, you can. But if you're yeah, right, but it's, it's tied to the car. It's not tied to the person. Right. Correct. It's just like supercharging. It's tied Absolutely. to the car, not and, the person. And in most cases, model three leases are going to be turned in. Yeah. Well, at, well, at least in the yeah in the U.S. that's the thing, right? Because if you, I mean, Elon's made a case about this. The reason they don't want they don't want people to buy the cars is they, they want them back uh, for the robo taxi fleet, right? To reuse them. Yeah. Right. So, so just so we're clear on the answer, if you keep the car after the lease, yes, you're going to have it. And but if you turn the car in, nope, it's gone. It it is and largely when it comes to leasing vehicles, it's almost a fool's errand to do anything to the car. Because you're not going to get the money back when you turn the lease in. You either have to undo the changes if they're physical, like if you wrap it or do something else, you usually have to take that stuff off. Yeah, or, it's a sort of cost. Right. Or now in the software, it's just stuck in the car, which means you're spending money that you're going to use for less than three years. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any financial sense at all when you're doing it through a lease. Not at all. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, next question comes from Aaron. He says, it's such a pleasure listening to the three of you discuss Tesla and the industry in general each week. Keep it up. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's hard to hear. Um, how did the three of you meet to decide to start a podcast? Also, your uh, question... <laughs> Oh, that's something else here. Um, Eric, I met in Florida, what, four years ago now? No. Three years ago? It was three years. years ago. Yeah. And uh, Ian, I met at a, um, where was it, Ian? It was at the uh, prison? The, the, the Ottawa thing, wasn't it? Yeah, prison. No, that was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love how Trevor's five seconds behind this entire thing. <laughs> prison. Yeah, we met in prison. <laughs> yeah. we no, we're just good friends. We have a lot more friends in Florida. Oh, you dropped the soap. We did. No, that was that was actually we started chatting um, right after I camped out. That was around the time you you started the forum. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, I signed up early days, like a month or two in. I don't know. We we just started chatting back and forth about something. And, and, I'm gonna have to look at your user number and tell you exactly where you are in the list. For for the record, I befriended Trevor's wife before I befriended Trevor. Yeah, but that's Beverly. If you know my wife, you'll understand. Her nickname is Bubbly. Yeah. So, You're anyway. Welcome. Next question is uh, comes from Gabriel. Um, after I made the mistake of letting my wife drive the Model 3, oh, I feel for you, um, I now drive a Volvo diesel. My question is, how can you go back to a Volvo? I don't get it. So he says, my question is, do you guys think I can ever get my car back? Divorce is not an option. <laughs> Love the podcast. I appreciate my favorite that. There's a, there's, a great, there's a great commercial now. I want to say it's for a Dodge Ram. Um hmm. Or Jim, I forget which one, where um, a guy buys he and his wife their own trucks, and he goes out. They both go out, and she's like, "I love it," and he goes, "No, that's mine. I love it." Right? That's now her truck. So this car <laughs> is now your wife's car. Congratulations! You can borrow our good it. friend. Our good friend Earl also suffers from this problem. <laughs> yeah, his wife takes the car all the time. Actually, my wife drove my car for the very first time, and uh, yes, as as she did with the Model X, the energy graph was like Mount Everest. She Called it with that car. Call it. Yeah, exactly. Well, she's got a yeah, it's just, You don't. Yeah, you're just going to have to buy another car. Yep. You're just going to have to buy the car. I'm actually considering that. If I actually get the Cybertruck, I might make that my daily driver and get rid of the gas car and Bev can drive the P3. You know diesel. what? Model Y is coming out next year. Yep. Uh, can't justify another car like that. I'll pay this one off and then give it to the wife. We'll see. Not you. I'm talking. Our listeners. Come on. I'm telling you. Yes, of course. I'm, 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 there you go. I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't you feel it's all about me, right? All right. Next Stop. question comes from Matthew. Matthew, uh, Matthew asks, hey, Trevor, what made you think Apple Music is coming to Tesla? Any updates? Ah, well, I have little birdies. And um, I heard that at the Cybertruck event. So um, no ETA. Notice that I didn't tell anybody when it was coming. I just said that it's something that they were actually working on. We do know that there are several more entertainment boxes coming, Disney and a few others. Uh, that's been uh, that's been found by some of the hackers out there. I know. Um, so anyways, Apple Music, as far as I'm told, is something that they're working on, but I don't have an ETA on that. All right, next question comes from Kim. Hey, guys, for Canadian owners over your Model 3 uh, SR Plus, hey, how do you know when uh, Tesla will start sending out emails for premium connectivity in Canada? Also heated rear seats. Um, yeah, again... I don't know anybody in the Canadian groups um, anywhere online. I've talked to lots of friends and stuff that have anything as far as connectivity is concerned showing up in their account. So I, I think it's just a matter of we just haven't gotten around to you guys yet. So enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> Do you think they can buy heated seats? I don't, I don't think so. I think the seats in their car don't have the coils in them, right? No, that's not true. The seats do have the coils in them, but Tesla has not enabled them through a software update. Are you 100% sure on that, Trev? 
Because yeah. I thought in early days of SRs, they were all coming with the same seats. And then at some point, the elements disappeared. I Don't quote me on they, that. They may have changed things, but th there's some confusion. Because this is what Tesla does typically. When they bring out something, they don't always change the parts right away. They just disable things through software. It's, it's you know... It's just one of those things. So the only way to really find out is to actually remove the cushion out of the back of the uh, car. And there's two connectors, one on each side, and that's for the seat heater. So if you don't have those connectors that are actually plugged in, then, yeah, you don't have a heated seat. If you do, well, you have a heated seat, but you can't turn it on because it's not part of the premium interior on the SR+. Plus. All right, David asks, um, has anyone measured the power drain from the Jetta USB hub with nothing attached? Just the consumption of the hub itself. It's probably not that high, but since it's left connected 24-7, it could add up. Um, I haven't gotten a straight answer from Jetta. That's a very good question. That's something I may ask them. As far as I understand, the drain, if there's anything, is negligible. My, my car has the Jetta hub in it, and I have Sentry Mode turned on all the time with my SSD, and um, it's negligible. It's basically not an issue as far as I'm concerned, so... And if you're if you're if you have a laptop and you have a USB device plugged into it and your laptop is sleeping, is that USB device drawing power? It depends on what it is. Right. Okay. And and, and does the operating system turn off power to the USB hubs? Right. Some devices, some laptops do, some laptops don't. That's why so that, some people can close the lid and charge their phone off their laptop. So that's my question. The question is if the car basically goes to sleep and has to be woken up, is while it's sleeping, if you don't have sensory mode, like you said, if, if there's nothing plugged into it, is it really drawing power? If the answer is yes, it's drawing power, it's such little amount of energy. My guess is you could have your car charged to 90% on January 1st, not touch your car for a year, leave that thing plugged in, go back into your car January 1st of 2021 and go, well, I can actually still drive to Atlanta. It's 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 going to be it's going to be such a tiny amount of power. It's ridiculous. Um, I'm I would suspect that because it's just a standard USB device, um, if it is drawing anything, it's it I. I I, I still think it's not drawing anything when the car milliwatts, milliwatts. My, if anything. my answer is like quantum mechanics. If you're observing it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, is the cat dead or alive? I don't know. Are you watching the cat? <laughs> That's right. <Shorting> <laughs> cat? Um, let's see here. Moving on here because someone was asking about the power boost thing. We already talked about that. Um, okay, this is a good one here, Marco. Um, he says, about Tesla's streaming service, at some point, didn't Elon say that those who bought the performance upgrade package when it was a thing in July, before it became included with the price of the car, also dropped from those people who get free streaming for life? So he's talking about the connectivity. Now, I went back and looked at Tesla's website. <laughs> and if I can bring this up. There it is. Okay. I went back, and unfortunately, you can't see the top of my screen here, but I went to uh, the web archive and went back to like could find a change, and the earliest I could find, or the last time I saw the change, was in May 27th of 2019, is the first time that Tesla made a mention of the premium connectivity of one year included. Prior to that, if I back up one entry date... Come on, come on. Do, 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 do. May 20th is the last time that Archive grabbed it. There is no mention in the premium interior about um, the one-year connectivity. So that seems to be the break point. You're absolutely right. Tesla did mention that connectivity <clears throat> was not mentioned as far as one year, and at some point, it looks like it's sometime late May when they made the change. So some of you might be grandfathered. Some of you may not be. It's just one of those cases. I think the clear indicator, if you're in the U.S., if you look at your about screen on the Tesla or you go into your Tesla account, it'll say whether 
you have connectivity. If, if it says your connectivity expires or renews on a such and such a date, you're not grandfathered. That's yeah, what it is. your software button, you'll see it there. Exactly. I thought it was pretty clear. Wasn't it to the end of July? Like if your car was ordered up until July 31st? Yeah, there's I'm sure there's some kind of cutoff date and stuff, but I just went on the archive to see yeah. in the configurator whether where the mention was that when it went away, and that was um, whatever that date was there, May 27th or so. Okay. Okay. Uh, let me say here, Silakos, uh, uh, if I pronounce that properly. Before I move on, really quick, Ian, it's not when you made your, when you ordered it, it's when you took delivery. Yeah. Ooh, really? When you took delivery, when you actually had possession of your car is when it counts, not when you ordered it. Because you could order it, it might not deliver for eight weeks. Right, it's but when the car delivered, had it deliver by a certain date in July. I can look this up again. It's really weird. When I, I was I was in LA when I read all this because there was a whole Twitter discussion on it, and it was my interpretation of what was posted on the site was it was when you purchased the car or committed to purchase it. In other words, like you put down your 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 full four thousand bucks or whatever. But but no, I you, you could be right, Eric. I don't know. We, we we have to investigate. There there are times when Tesla will put a hard cutoff date as to when you're ordered, and that's where you can get your price protection. You know, protects you against price increases right. and stuff. So. But, you know, as we've said before, what Tesla giveth, Tesla can taketh, right? <gasps> ah. All right, next question comes from Silicos. He says, um, how do you charge a Tesla if you live in an apartment and you park at a random spot out in the neighborhood? Ugh, that's a really challenging question. I totally get it. Not everybody has access to chargers. He says Tesla superchargers are only used for trips. Well, not technically. You can use them it's if you're in a pinch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to make a habit of using it all the time, especially if you do a high rate of charge, uh, because it's not good for your battery. It'll actually degrade it. And Tesla, because they're on the hook for the warranty, if you do it too much, they will actually uh, throttle you. Mm -hmm. So, urban chargers, yeah, they're slower, but most most people, that's what they have at home. Um, I would suspect that most people have 240 volt, um, 40 to 50 amps, whatever. That's what I have, 32 amps. Um, and that's that's plenty for most people. I mean, doing it in a public parking space, um, you know, with level two, eh, you know, if you have to, you have to. But you can use the superchargers. Um, I know for a fact that here in the Toronto area, Tesla built about nine superchargers because we have such a high concentration of condos that they knew that there was a huge influx of Model 3s coming in. This was as of last year. Um, that they had to do something for it. So those people, I know a lot, quite a few of those people use the superchargers. So... Feel free. You can use them. Just don't don't do a high level rate of charge all, all, the, all the time. I will uh, I will give him some suggestions because I'm someone who had to deal with this when I first got my exactly. car in 2018. Yeah. So uh, two things. One is if there are chargers reasonably close to where you live, uh, feel free to plan around it. So if you know if it's a Wednesday evening, you want to charge your car for a couple hours, get some dinner, go back into your car. That's great. If it's a greater distance than that, see if you can get rides from someone you live with, a family member, a roommate, uh, you know, a neighbor or something like that. Um, but also, you know, when you are going out somewhere, just kind of plan around it. Like, okay, we're going to go to this movie. We're going to go see the show. We're going to go to this dinner. Um, you know, try to find chargers in the area. The great thing is Tesla vehicles are all programmed to find chargers that are compatible with the car. Um, but you can also use third-party apps. Uh, ChargePoint has stuff. EVgo has locations now that they're partnering with Tesla. PlugShare. There are many of them that are essentially an aggregate of user information that lets people know where you can charge your car. And with ChargePoint, you're able to, from the app, filter out only stations that are free uh, for your car. So you may have to get a ChargePoint yeah. account. You may be able to, you know, you can use your phone or a key card 
that you can get free that allows you to swipe those stations to activate them. But you can find out where there's free charging for your car. So there's many ways to do it. Um, I will recommend going to the Tesla Owners Online Forum and you'll find great resources there from all kinds of users who can give you recommendations. And based on your currency, you're certainly in Europe. Um, there's, I'm sure, plenty of our European listeners uh, or people on the forum can help you find good locations in your area. There is also something else called destination charging. So if you might want to talk to your employer or someone nearby, because if you're sitting at work and your car's sitting there for 95% of the time not being yep. used, you're there for seven or eight hours, take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. Plug in the car, let it charge there. You don't need to charge at home. You can do it there. What's the difference? You charge at home, you don't charge at work, or you do it the other way around? Mm-hmm. That's Perfectly I, fine. I do. That's what, that's what Ian does. Hey, maybe even your employer has an outlet in the parking lot that you can use to at least use your standard 110 and plug in. Well, th- this is a cool thing. Being in Europe, because he's he's quoting in euros there, uh, everything is, is 240, right? So even a common outlet at 240, you get some pretty decent charge. Much better than we get here. Yeah. All right, next question comes from Aaron. He says, if the public suddenly became aware of the significant advantage of Tesla's over other vehicles on the market and demand or orders for Tesla skyrocket... See, I said Tesla wrong. Uh, sorry, I'm turning into Ben Sullins here. You're the worst. <laughs> um, we love you, Ben. Sorry, buddy. I just, I like to tease him uh, how he pronounces Tesla. Um, for Tesla skyrocket over the next 10 to, uh, 6 to 12 months, do you think that Tesla could use that demand to attract capital investment and scale up production enough to avoid drowning in backlog? Or would they be forced to jack prices? Well, two things. Um, they have increased the prices of the Model 3 recently. They've gone up 500 bucks. And second of all, Tesla doesn't need to attract capital by doing any investment and stuff. They can go to the markets anytime they want. Um, I mean... In case you haven't noticed, the stock has been going crazy for the last couple of days. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not worried about uh, Tesla as far How as How many shares does this guy have? Zero. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. Um, I think, I'm hoping, all indications seem to be, you know, Tesla's pretty, pretty quiet and stuff. I think um, fourth quarter is going to be pretty good. But we'll know in early January. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at the end of the month, they'll announce... Well, shortly after the end of the month, they'll announce their delivery and their production numbers. And then financials typically come a month later. But if it's good news, they tend to push it up a little sooner. So the indicator is if they announce that they're going to have their conference call within a week or two after the quarter ends, then you know it's good news. So that's generally how Tesla operates. All right. Uh, next question comes from Daniel. It says, Model 3 flood... Let me start over. Model 3 mud flaps or splash guards in Canada, question mark. Any way to get them sooner rather than waiting? Um, how are the planning on notifying people? Weather has already gotten bad and these would be useful rather sooner rather than later. I, I would agree. Um, Tesla has told me that um, if you want them, you have to call them. Priority uh, for these kits are being given to new owners taking delivery. However, they seem to be backlogged or backordered right now, so don't expect them until early January. Listen, if it's such a, a an important thing for you, just do like I did. I, I went on Amazon or whatever or any of the sponsors and stuff, and you can buy a set, 30, 35 bucks, put them on yourself. Matter of fact, the ones that I have, or and I've seen the ones that Tesla puts on, at least in the front, they're little itty-bitty things, and the ones that I have are a little bit bigger. So... Either take your pick. I mean, it's not a lot of money. It's good insurance. I mean, Ian, for example, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he knows what it's like to get pitted rocker panels, right? He had his painted. So, yeah. Well, yeah. It had nothing to do with pitting. That was, well, nice I know, but, but, but it yeah, is a thing. Take a blasting. So, no, these things are godsend. Um, exactly. True story. I got my Amazon ones. I'm going to put them on tonight because I've been procrastinating. Oh, they're super easy to put on. 
no yeah. big deal. So I, I would highly recommend if you, if that's yeah, don't wait for Tesla. Just go out and buy a set and be done with it. It's not or move to Florida. <laughs> that's the answer to everything, right? Yeah. All right. Um, let me see here. Uh, oh, there is one more question from Don. He says, "How do I get the Sentry Cam to work in my Model 3? Google it. Google it. Wait, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you can. Uh, Tesla has some good tutorials on how to do that. Uh, if you're also really really stumped, you can visit a service center uh, or really awesome resource. I, I think we the guys know this. It's called the Tesla Owners Online Forum. Uh, you can go to TeslaOwnersOnline.com. Like makes videos and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know some. I have stuff. A, we and have a YouTube channel. There's a video. Also, so. there's a really awesome video about the HAL 3000, but you know we won't. HAL 9000. 9000. I can't. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. All right. Well, that that's our lightning round that brought us to the end of the uh, of the questions and uh, pretty much to the end of the podcast. So it gives us opportunity for these guys to uh, plug whatever the heck they want before we kick out of here. Eric, since you're on the screen, you go first. Sure. Uh, so first and foremost, I want to thank everyone who's tuned into the show uh, this past year. Uh, we we certainly enjoy talking about Tesla uh, with you guys, uh, but more often we really appreciate the comments, the feedback, uh, both positive and negative commentary. Uh, you know, we do this show because we love this community and we really are honored to be a part of it. So thank you to all of you. Um, many thanks to um, also the new followers I've encountered on Twitter this year. Uh, some of you have been very cordial on a number of different reasons. Um, I had a lot of change in my life in the last year. Uh, things have been sort of uh, uh, interesting to say in the last year. Um, but I'm very thankful to be able to share my journey with all of you uh, complete strangers out there in the universe. Um, but I do want to take back uh, a moment to just reflect on uh, what this holiday season means to to me. Uh, you know, I'm someone who's very charitable uh, with my time, my energy uh, throughout the year. And I'm someone who believes that this season more than any other, uh, it's important that we continue to show love and respect and, and consideration for others, uh, especially for those who don't have as much as we do. So if you can find a way uh, during this time of the year to um, give additional funds to a nonprofit you support to uh, find a shelter or, a, you know, some kind of organization in your community uh, that could use volunteers, uh, whether it's a pet shelter, uh, you know, homeless shelter, uh, if you want to read to kids, just anything you can do to give back to those who don't have what many of us do have. Uh, that, I think, is the spirit of the season. That'd be wonderful to see. So from my family, from our family to your family, have a wonderful, prosperous holiday season, no matter what it is you celebrate, Boxing Day, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever it may be. Um, Festivus. 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 Festivus for the rest of us. Uh, I hope you guys all have a wonderful holiday season, and thank you. Well said. Thanks, Eric. How about you, Ian? What do you want to say? Well, ditto on absolutely everything Mr. Camacho just said. That was beautifully said, and I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't say any more. I mean, especially now when we live in a world where social media and anything goes and people just say what they want. I mean, take a little time to say something nice to someone. I mean, I find that goes such a long way, and it's such a refreshing. I, I feel very blessed that the little community I'm in on Twitter with, with all of the, the Tesla folks, we have such great dialogue, and, and people are generally so you know, respectful and, and it's, it's a great little community, but it's a little isolated bubble. So go out of your way and try and extend that warmth maybe 
to some of the other communities that you're on online. A little bit goes a long way, I find, with that. So that was just one thought uh, to add to everything Eric's just said. And um, on the topic of giving, um, just a little shout out. I, uh, I myself um, gave uh, a little chunk of money to what I think is a great cause coming up. Um, there's um, university down in the southern U.S. It's starting up this little project called Cranky Uncle. And what it is, it's the gamification on how to educate people on um, sort of false ideas or FUD, if you will, fear, uncertainty, and doubt about climate change. So what they're doing is they're going to create a little game and you'll be able to download it as an app onto your phone. And you can go through this. It's kind of like basically a skill testing thing where it teaches you to identify false concepts or basically misinformation on climate change. So when you encounter people in real life, you can, you're better equipped to sort of discuss the thing with them. And uh, as one of the founding sponsors, I'm actually going to be a character in the game. So oh, cool. uh, nice. that Hungarian character, yeah, talking about electric cars in, in, uh, in the game. So uh, I'll update people as we go, as, as that comes to life. And uh, other than that, well, if you are looking to support some other causes, uh, there is the uh, Mad Hungarian Evolver available on teespring.com, a portion of which goes to fund um, Plug in America, um, LAVEC, L'Association de Véhicules Électriques de Québec, and other uh, EV organizations here in Canada. So you can find that in the show notes and uh, get yourself a T-shirt, much like the weapons of mass adoption I'm wearing right now, this is my little hoodie. And then finally, if you're looking for any kind of technical advice on wheels, tires, or the odd other thing that I occasionally know a tiny bit about, you can look me up on Tesla Owners Online. The uh, handle there is Matt Hungarian, and I'm happy to help in any which way I can. And also on Twitter, you can private messages are open, so you can hit me up there, and any way I can help, I'm glad to. Awesome. Well, I guess that leaves me. I just want to say thank you because this is the last show of the year and we've had such a great time doing this podcast and the, these guys and our, you know, the occasional guests that come on, we have such a great time. Um, this year has just been crazy. I mean, all kinds of crazy growth. I mean, the forum's growing. Twitter's about to explode. I'll talk about that here in a second. And uh, just the community has just been blossoming like crazy. I mean, we've been very fortunate. We went to a couple of different Tesla events this year. We get to meet lots of different people. Um, and, and it's just such a great community and, you know, the people are really nice. Matter of fact, yesterday I had to do some stuff for my other business and I went to an Apple store and one of the employees recognized me, came up, Hey man, I watch your videos and stuff. And I said, do you have a Tesla? And he says, yeah, I have a model three. I said, well, you must talk these people as you're off. You know, he says, it's kind of funny because once they find out, they ask me all the questions. So he was got talking about that. So anyway, it's, it's really nice. I mean, it, it, the community is growing everywhere. I went and picked up my wife tonight and I saw three other model threes picking up people so it's it's growing like crazy a friend of mine just picked up his model 3 yesterday and i have a friend of mine who's a big youtuber he's picking up his on on monday so anyways uh, it's it's super exciting and and i just want to say thank you to everybody who's been following us and stuff who give us the good ratings if this is your first time listening to the podcast and you like it hey give it a thumbs up uh subscribe to the youtube channel if that's where you're watching it and if you're listening it to uh you know on one of the other platforms maybe like itunes or something like that go down there give us a good review whatever thumbs up thumbs down i don't care whatever um every little bit a little uh, helps i mean we put a lot of effort into this and we have a lot of fun and stuff we try to keep it lightheaded or lighthearted, not lightheaded. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> both. Yeah, 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 a frightened slipper. Yeah, and um, you know that's the whole point. It's just to keep it fun and and not quite so serious and stuff, and um, just give what we know and and love to answer questions and stuff. So with that, um, I also want to um, mention again because I haven't mentioned it on the YouTube thing, but I'm about to surpass fifty thousand followers 
on my Twitter account. That's Tesla Owners Online. So in celebration of that, um, we're I'm going to be doing a giveaway. Ooh. So uh, the great guys at uh, Tesmanian are going to be giving away a uh, cooler. That's the cooler that fits in the bottom uh, rear trunk of the Model 3. The guys at Tesla Bros are going to be giving away a um, Chrome Delete kit, and our good friends at Jet are going to give us away a, um, a USB hub. So some lucky winner. Um, could be as early as probably a couple of days. It looks like I'm about 140, 130 followers away from hitting that mark. So once I do that, I'm going to do a live draw, and um, we'll pick a, a some kind of lucky winner from somewhere in the in the followers, completely at random, and that person will receive all three of those gifts. So if you haven't followed me, just go hop over to Twitter and just look up Model Three Owners and and get on there so you get a chance to win. Um, all three of these wonderful prizes. So I want to thanks say thank you to uh, those three companies for supplying that. I mean, they just reached out. It's pretty awesome. I'm not far behind. One thousand one hundred twenty-one. Keep it up, man. Hey, we all started with somewhere. Yeah, I, I just rolled over two thousand myself. I was kind of blown away I mean, by that. It was like exactly. wow. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's always exciting. It's it's yeah. fun to reach out and meet different people. So with that, don't forget to follow us in the uh, forum, and that's TeslaOwnersOnline.com. And if you want to follow me on there, the handle's Trev P. And uh, with that, we'll say thank you to everybody. Uh, don't Let's not forget our great sponsors, the guys at Doolaban Insurance, Fine Lab Ceramic Coatings, and the wonderful guys at EvanX who make the great Tesla accessories. And we'll have more to say about them um, sometime early in January. So with that, we'll leave you. And uh, have a happy, happy holidays, everyone. And... Uh, Safe New Year, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for watching, listening. We'll see you later. Aloha. Bonsoir tout le monde. Bonne année.